0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is September 28th. Today, you guys, we are going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block by continuing our studies in 3rd Nephi chapter 17. Now, yesterday, as I was in a Zoom Relief Society meeting, the teacher asked the question, What makes a disciple of Christ? What makes someone a disciple? And there were several incredible answers, but I was thinking about that question all day. And then, As I read here in 3rd Nephi chapter 17, something stood out to me that truly, I think, is a characteristic of a disciple of Christ. Verses 4 and 5 say, But now I go unto the Father, and also to show myself unto the lost tribes of Israel. For they are not lost unto the Father, for he knoweth whither he hath taken them. And it came to pass that when Jesus had thus spoken, he cast his eyes round about again on the multitude. And beheld they were in tears, and did look steadfastly upon him as if they would ask him to tarry a little longer with them. And he said unto them, Behold, my bowels are filled with compassion towards you. Now, the thing that was so impactful for me about this scripture is this chapter starts out with the Savior saying, Behold, my time is at hand. My time to teach you here is up. And then in this first verse, he says, And now I go to the Father. So basically, he's saying, look, I've run out of time to speak to you here today, and now I have to go to my father. I have to go to God, right? So it was a pretty important appointment that he had. It was a pretty commanding thing that was in front of him. And yet, when he saw the people, when he saw how desperately they wanted him to stay there, he chose people. He chose the one. He chose to love and to minister rather than to move on with what he needed to get done. And truly, I think that that attribute of service and ministering to the one is such a Christ-like attribute. Elder Holland once said, May we give the God and Father of us all a helping hand with his staggering task of answering prayers, providing comfort, drying tears, and strengthening feeble knees. If we will do that, We will be more like the true disciples of Jesus Christ we are meant to be. That attribute of serving, loving, blessing, helping, healing, that attribute is a Christ-like attribute. And as we develop that, as we try to serve as he would serve, bless as he would bless and love as he would love, then we're developing as true disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, this is really hard to do. I am not very good at it. I am really good if someone says, hey, can you make a meal and go do this? Or can you reach out to this person? I'm great. I can totally do that. I'm not very good at seeing it, though. And so this is an attribute that I really need to work on. But here's the rub. This is an attribute that for most people is really difficult. I know some people that it comes so naturally to, and they're incredible at this. But for a lot of people, this is really hard. And one of the reasons is exactly what happens to Christ here. He tells the people, look, I have to go. I have this appointment with my father. I have to go take care of these 10 tribes. I have all these things I have to get done. But then he sees the need. And when he sees the need, he drops everything else and he lifts and he blesses and he serves. And that, to me, is why sometimes service and ministry is very difficult because it is rarely convenient. Usually we're doing something else. Usually there's something else we have to get done. It reminds me of a story that my dad told me a few years ago. He was driving down the road of a semi-busy street in my hometown and saw someone on the side of the road that I think they had a flat tire, either that or their car was broken down. And he thought, oh man, if I weren't headed somewhere, I would definitely pull over and I would help them. And he got a little bit further on and he thought, that is so silly. Every time I see someone broken down on the side of the road, every time I am headed somewhere because I am in the car too. Obviously, I'm headed somewhere. Obviously, I'm doing something. But that's not an excuse to not help. Because of course, when I'm in the car going somewhere and I see someone needing help, of course, I'm going somewhere. Of course, it's not convenient. Of course, I've got something else that I'm doing but that doesn't change the mandate that I have to stop and to serve and to bless. And I thought that was so interesting because I've had that exact same thought so many times. Oh man, I would definitely stop to help there, but I'm going somewhere. Well, obviously I'm going somewhere, I'm in the car. But we still need to stop. We still need to serve and we still need to bless if it's safe to do so. It actually reminds me a lot of the parable of the Good Samaritan. In the book of Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells this parable. He explains that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, and someone asks him, Well, who's my neighbor? And he says, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked upon him, And passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Now, I want you to think about this. We know the Savior had somewhere that he had to go. Someplace that he had to be. Something that he had to do. My dad, driving in the car, was headed someplace. Had something he was supposed to be doing. And here, in this story, we see the same thing. We see this man who's been beaten and left half-dead and a priest sees him. He's headed somewhere. He's on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. He sees him, and he passes by. A Levite does the exact same, headed somewhere. I'm doing something. Now, it's really interesting because both a priest and a Levite have a charge to work in the temple. A priest in Mosaic Law was given a very specific command not to touch dead bodies, and a Levite in order to work in the temple, had to avoid touching unclean things for 24 hours. So it very well could be that the priest thought, oh man, this this man is dead and I'm not allowed to touch him. It could very well be that the Levite thought, man, I am on my way to serve in the temple right now. And that is very important. I can't touch this guy because if I get blood on me, then I can't do what I'm supposed to be doing in the temple. And so he passed on. It could be that way. We don't know. But the thing is, it didn't matter. The Savior didn't excuse the priest because he had a law not to touch unclean things. The Savior didn't excuse the Levite because he was on the way to the temple and couldn't touch the blood. Instead, he made it very clear that no matter what, no matter where we're heading or what we're doing or what we're busy with, they should have stopped. They should have served their neighbor. They should have loved the way God would have them love despite being busy, despite having somewhere else to go. That, my friends, is the essence of true discipleship. About seven years ago, my parents were serving a mission on Temple Square, and my little two-year-old boy and myself had gone to visit them. And we were walking down in the underground parking garage. And as we turned a corner, my parents were like, Oh, Lindsay, come here, come here, come here. So we hurried forward, and we saw Elder Uchtdorf getting into his car oh, this is so exciting. There's Elder Ruchdorf, And we stood there and we waved at him as he drove by. And I lifted up my son so that he could wave. And it was all very exciting. And that alone was enough for us. We were so happy just to have seen him and to have waved and to have him wave back. And as we were waving, all of a sudden his car turned around. He came back. He got out of the car. And he came right up to my little boy to meet him. Asked him his name. Asked him how old he was. Asked him who these grown-ups were with him. And took time to have this really meaningful moment with my son. Now, Elder Uchtdorf was getting in his car. He had somewhere to go. He was doing something. But in this moment, he saw an opportunity to reach out to the one. And still to this day, Elder Uchtdorf is my son's favorite. He has a really hard time paying attention in conference. But when Elder Uchtdorf talks, my son stops and he listens For a long time, he referred to Elder Uchtdorf as his friend. Oh, there's my friend on TV. It was such a profound moment for him, and something that he still hasn't forgotten. My friends, that time spent, that love shared, that service rendered, even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, is the essence of true discipleship. That is how the Savior served, and that is how he would have us serve as well.